to the Swing Coach in Transit podcast. I am your host, Lucas Ferreira. In this episode, I sat down with Chris Fox, who's the head age group coach for Carmel Swim Club in Carmel, Indiana. Prior to landing in Carmel, Chris paid his coaching dues by volunteering time with Boilermaker Aquatics, also in Indiana, and also did several swim camps with Purdue University. I visited him at Carmel back in the fall of 2019, but that was a brief visit and I didn't have the time to interview anyone on staff while there, so I was happy to make up for it with the help of technology. I was very impressed with Chris and the club during my visit, and I think you'll also be impressed with him during this interview. This was another episode I recorded while the whole world is halted to help slow down the spread of COVID-19. So once again, we spent a few minutes in the beginning talking about how they are handling this scenario and also about lessons learned and things we might continue doing once we're back to normalcy. So, here's another episode of the Swim Coach in Transit podcast with Chris Pfaff. All right, so Chris, thanks so much for taking the time for agreeing to sit down and chat. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah, and I feel like I'm a... Uh, when I did my trip back in the fall, I kind of just talked about this off record, but uh, I was there in Carmel for just a couple of days. I was really impressed with that, I, everything I saw on deck and feel like this is kind of uh, making up for the fact that I didn't get to record any of you guys while, while I was there. So uh, while we wished all this whole setup that people were out of the water was not happening, I'm, I'm glad that I get to kind of uh, make up for not having interviewed you when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think I gave you a stopwatch and... I was like, you're going to be my assistant today. I think that's how that worked, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I was there a couple of days and then uh, you said, hey, you're coming back tonight. And I said, yeah. It's like, mind if I... If you I need an assistant. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, and it's cool too because so I, that time I spent 50-something days traveling and visiting clubs and a few of them did something similar and said, hey, uh, here's a stopwatch or here's a practice and come help out. And when you're not coaching every day, that's really cool. So I, I was really happy that you did that. So that was awesome too. Uh, I was happy to help for sure. Yeah. So we are, again, I don't know when are people going to be listening to this. I'm planning on putting it out there fairly soon. But if people are listening in the distant future, right now we're, it's uh, just early April when we're recording this. So early April 2020, and we are going through this COVID-19 uh, pandemics and the world has come to a halt and the world of swimming has come to a halt. And so the first thing that we're going to chat here is kind of like, what are you doing to keep your kids engaged, to keep your team with a feeling of a team while being forced to be out of the water for a time that we really don't know when it's, how long it's going to be. Yeah. Um, well, this is a, a very strange time. It's, that's the word I keep hearing over and over. And, uh, I think we're doing a lot of the same things that most other people are doing right now. And a lot of, you know, I just, you look on the news and you look at a lot of other clubs. I've been on email chains and I think everyone's on the same boat in the same boat. And um, I think the overall, the message I'm hearing and getting is that, uh, you know, just stay connected with your membership and make sure that, you know, they know that they're important to us and we're important to them. And uh, 
you know, provide value. I think it's very important that we provide value. We're, we're a value to them. So they, they know that they can come back when, when this is over, it'll be over. So um, specifically things that we're doing, um, we kind of, for our 13 and over athletes, we're all doing about at least a weekly Zoom meeting, whatever that looks like, you know, whether it's just a get together and a little shout out to each and everyone or a little bit more uh, structured, maybe an article we read together and, and slight discussion. Um, and then for our 12 and under athletes, we're doing something a little bit different. I'm not certain if an eight-year-old needs to be on a Zoom meeting, but what we've, we've asked our coaching staff to do is to just make a video and uh, we've given them 10 or so topics that they could you know, talk over. And then you can upload the video to a website called Streamable pretty awesome and uh you can send a link to them and they can you know uh you know watch the video from there so we're asking our our coaches to do that bi-weekly and then the weekly or the week that they're not uploading a video um to just send out something cool something awesome some sort of information um we do a a weekly email anyway so it's pretty uh par for the course for what we're doing so but just the video thing just the in-person or the personable piece and for the older kids the zoom meetings awesome it's so cool to get everyone together and uh, it was a little weird it was a little weird at first i was un unsure how it would go but our staff did it a few times and then uh putting the athletes on it was i mean i i almost was like a little teary because i'm like man i miss you guys you know this is so cool to get everyone together so and I, I definitely felt the same way. And I heard many people say just kind of the same things you said here. The important thing is that kids are assured that, that we are still a team and that uh, we are still connected. But I, and I definitely felt the same way when I was seeing the kids again, kind of like feeling like, Oh my God, I miss seeing you guys so much. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I agree. Yeah. Right now I, I think everybody's kind of making, making use of this kind of platform. I think most people I talk to are using zoom, which um, they had like a, 20 time increase in the user base. Oh, I'm certain they're making money yeah. right now. Right? Yeah. And some, somehow didn't miss a beat because a lot of times when companies get flooded like that, the, the systems just break down and right. so far it's been pretty good. And uh, so what are you guys doing in terms of uh, finances and making sure that the club is still financially feasible for when this passes? Yeah. So um, I think for us personally, we're, uh, applying for the small business loan, right? For, you know, I think most uh, small businesses are doing that. And then, um, you know, we're, we, we have reserves, which all clubs should operate with. So we're pretty good for a while, at least for our full-time staff, um, which is really important. And, and for our coaches specifically that need, that do this part-time that need um, that source. So, I think we have a few that we're just trying to make sure that we're taking care of and they, you know, we need them and they need us. So, and then uh, we're asking our membership to continue paying dues. I think a lot of people are on board with that and they know that this is a big part of their lives and, you know, they know that we're professional coaches as well and they want, they want us to be there when, when this all gets back. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, it, I mean, just seeing some some coaches uh, groups, some discussions. How I think a lot of people went to like, oh, I just can't charge, but uh, 
talking to our membership, to be honest, uh, we had a lot of feedback that was kind of, kind of like that for the people that obviously some people have lost jobs and are financially affected themselves. And in that case, we're, we're also trying to be understanding of, of their situation. But for a lot of people, they're like, no, we, we're full in. We want to keep supporting the club and make sure that, kind of like you said, make sure that this is still here when, when we're back. We want right. to have something. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. And, and, you know, our discussion was our coaches are our are, are most important piece to this. We don't have coaches. We don't have a club. So we need to keep them and, and we need to, I also feel like the club, the coaching, we're in a pretty fortunate place and I know not everybody's there. Many of my friends are like, you know, very uncertain what they're going to do. And, uh, but we're just, we're so lucky to have this club and this community. And, you know, our parents are like, what do you mean? In discussion, some of them that I talked to were like, what do you mean you're not going to ask us to pay? Right. Even, even if we're not, you know, it's like, this is, that's, that was asinine to them that they thought we felt that way. So, you know, I, in, like you said, there's going to be some people that are having a little bit harder time and we're not asking you can't come back if you don't pay. Right. Just some people are like, that's, we planned on this anyway. So, yeah. But that's pretty good. It's pretty nice to have that kind of support from the community, from, from your members. Uh, the, the other thing I've been asking people is kind of like we we're saying, we were forced to like start using some technology that we were not uh, using before. So is there anything from the things that, are, that you're using right now that you are starting to think about, well, maybe this will continue. Maybe we'll actually uh, use this more in the future. Certainly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, being introduced to zoom like this, uh, I could see this being used weekly with our staff. You know, one of our biggest challenges is we have a hard time, our, our full-time staff, we meet, uh, twice a week and then we have office hours. So we see each other outside of the deck a lot and that's, you have to be there. There's no, you're there. If you're full-time, that's your job. And now our part-time staff, many of all of them have, other jobs, teachers, uh, you know, and whatnot. And so we don't get to meet. It's hard, hard to meet. Um, now this could be a solution for that. Even if it's once a month, bi-weekly, I mean, you can sit at your house, you don't have to go anywhere. So, uh, yeah, that's my first thought. And I've had that discussion with our other staff members is this is how we're going to meet and we can get everyone together and it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, something that's really come to my mind that I think is, uh, could really benefit, you know, our coaches and our parents is having office hours on zoom. So maybe once or twice a week, you have an hour where like, Hey, my zoom meeting will be open. If you need to talk to me, just join my zoom meeting in the waiting lobby. And, uh, you know, I will, I'll buzz you in. I'll, I'm going to be here from 11 to one or, you know, so I think that's an awesome way to just have open communication with parents or athletes. You know, it's hard to talk to parents and sometimes I don't want to talk to them at 8 PM after I've, you know, had morning practice office right. all day. So I think, you know, and, and they work. So, you know, you can find 30 minutes, say, Hey coach, how's my, my kid doing? And you know, what are you seeing? Here's what I'm seeing. So I think this could be a really good way to, to open some communication with parents. Yeah, that's pretty good. I haven't thought about that, but yeah, the office hours on Zoom, it's a, it sounds like a pretty good idea. That's awesome. And then I guess last question I've been asking, 
in terms of, uh, or, and I'm sure that when we cover the rest of it, we're kind of going to go back and forth because it's hard to run away from what we're dealing with right now. Certainly, my yeah. last question before we start over my, my usual set of questions is, what do you miss the most right now? Mm, ah, structure. Oh, man. The structure. I, I uh, have learned since I was a, uh, you know, probably about 13 or 14 that uh, swimming was so important to me because I, I knew I had to do things at certain times. Morning practice, get my work done in between, afternoon practice, go to bed on time. And when I and, and what I've found as a professional coach is when I go on maybe a, a spring break or, you know, we, you know, take that couple day break in, in August that I lose track of that structure and I don't do well. Now I don't mind having mornings off. I enjoy that, but you know, just knowing I have to go to the office, I have to go to practice. That's really important to me. So I miss this structure a lot. Um, and, and, you know, you, you go from seeing, 500 kids and adults to not seeing any and you there's that social interaction you definitely miss um yeah it's funny it's actually probably the the very two things that i would say too is uh the, the structure portion and the the yeah the social interaction and, and seeing seeing people in person even though kind of like we said the zoom when it first did is like well at least this is kind of bridging some of that gap and it was really nice to see the kids again uh, but yeah, it's definitely still not the same as, as interacting with them. Yeah. There's something special about being in person, right? You can't, you know, the text or a call or even video, it's not the same as, as being, you know, near somebody and, and seeing them in person. So, right. Right. So, uh, and I guess you kind of mentioned something that you were, you were learning your, uh, early when you were swimming. So it's kind of a pretty good segue as well to go to my first usual question, which is, just ask you to talk about your path in swimming uh, as a swimmer and, and as a coach that led you to this point. And I always say you can do this, be very succinct or, or be very detailed. It's however, however you would like to uh, highlight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started swimming uh, kind of just in the YMCA and I just came home with a notebook of flyers and I was like, I want to try swimming. I have a pool in my backyard. And uh, Lindsey Banco, uh, I'm from Elkhart. So Lindsey Banco, who's now our national team director, she was uh, an Olympian, I believe in, I, I think it was 96. So it was like right before, or right, right before I was getting into swimming. So it was kind of hot in the area. And uh, yeah, so I started there and uh, I kind of just, you know, I was doing the club thing. I did five sports. So I was I mean, I was doing something all the time. I didn't swim in the summers because I was doing baseball. Um, and then, yeah, I, I swam club till high school and uh, continued five sports up until my freshman year. I started knocking some sports out. And, uh, yeah, swam high school. So uh, that kind of was my big – high school was awesome, and I had a great coach, uh, Coach Van Riesch. He was a big influence on my life, and I – um, I, you know, I, I listened to Chuck's podcast and I, he kind of went through the big influences on his, uh, life and his coaching career. So, uh, I think my first big stop would be, uh, coach Van Der Eesch and his, uh, you know, he's a, he's tough, the toughness piece, uh, hard work, you know, you have a lot of values that are instilled in you from that. So 
yeah, that was that was great. And high school was fun. It's fun to be on a team where you have some good good swimmers and some a lot of good friends on that team. And so I never really swam in the summers. I worked. I swam a little bit, but I, I wasn't really like I look at that now and what I know and where I'm at. I'm like that wouldn't fly here. But that's just <laughs> not that it. You know, that's not a thing you you can you know you get away with, especially on our team. And I, I laugh a little bit. I'm like, I'm asking these kids to come every day and they're 12, 13, 14. And, and I didn't do that. So, but, uh, it's a different, you know, a different community. So, and then, uh, so from there I went to Purdue university in, in West Lafayette, Indiana. That was awesome. Had a lot of fun there. Um, great school, great people. Um, Dan Ross, our head coach was, he's a, he's an awesome man. Um, he probably gave me too many second chances, but I, uh, you know, I look at that now and I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for him. Uh, just being a father, you know, when boys, I feel like boys probably aren't ready to go to college and they still need a father. And he was, he was that guy. And, uh, and he's awesome. He's awesome. And, uh, Jay Agnew was, it was more sp specifically my coach, uh, as a sprint coach. And, uh, I mean, he's, He's a stand-up guy too. So, being around those guys, I mean, they were big influences on on keeping me in school and uh, <laughs> making sure my grades were there and keeping me out of trouble. So, so yeah. So I guess uh, the swimming career, um, or, uh, coaching career, started my my freshman year of college. So we do swim camps, right? And I was like, yeah, swim camp sounds good. I like little kids. Uh, and so they put me with the young, young ones, like the 10 and unders, and I just coached them. It was fun. And uh, I did seven swim camps at Purdue in five years. Oh. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, in five years. So um, my junior summer, uh, TJ Day, who is a club coach at Boilermaker Aquatics, was like, hey, man, like, it looks like you like being with the little kids. If you want to coach when you graduate, I know you're going to take a fifth year. Uh, you know, just let me know. So I called him when, uh, when I was done swimming and uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, come on in. And he was kind of feel like he was dragging his feet a little bit. And he, he's like, look, dude, like I can't pay you. You want to come in and, and coach, you know, you can come in and, and hang out. And I was like, yeah, dude, I have nothing to do. So I came in a whole from April to July. Uh, I just volunteered every day mornings I was just there and uh you know so I, I look at that like I kind of paid my dues to get into this sport you know right. I wasn't a coach right off the you know right out of college I just uh I just you do something for so long you love it right and so uh yeah that was awesome so TJ was a, a big influence on on me and uh at Boilermaker and, and that was a lot of fun I, I really enjoyed uh, working with him there. Uh, but I wasn't ever full-time there. And so uh, it actually got to a point where TJ took a job at Carmel Swim Club in the fall of 2013. And uh, I was kind of left there. They were in the process of hiring a head coach. I wasn't ready for that yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chris Plum, I think Rock King and Ian all talked to me that winter. And they're like, hey, we're going to have a job open here. You know, come uh, March, I kind of was like, yeah, I need to do this. And 
And so I took a job here and I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. You know, I thought I was working hard uh, at Boilermaker. And, and I was, but uh, yeah, coming here was a, a real eye opener. I, I keep hearing over and over that Commonwealth Swim Club's like a treadmill set on high. Right? <laughs> you, you, it moves quick and you're always moving. And that's what I, I really do feel like uh, coming here. And now I've gotten to a place where, like, okay, I understand, can take a deep breath, I can soak it all in. But it's been it's been a quick six years. I've been here since April of 2014. So okay, and you're head age group coach today. What was your uh, first job there? Uh, so I've I've uh, done everything here. So uh, when I first came, I was coaching homeschool. I was uh, assisting the uh, ho- so okay. I was <laughs> my main jobs where I coached a group of uh, nine tens, nine ten eleven year olds, seventy kids massive and then after that i would coach a group of 13 14 year olds and then i in the middle of the day i coached a homeschool group and then i also assisted uh with our national team and then over the course of four years i've coached all nine tens i coached a senior group and nine tens um and then about three years ago i moved over to uh head age group coach. So I uh, oversee our age group program and I coach our 12, 13, 14 year olds and I assist with our national group. Right. And um, I kind of like that comment of the Carmel being a treadmill set on high. It was, yeah. like I said, I was, I was really only there. I think it was just two days. Uh, but in, in that little time, I was very impressed with how quickly things move. And at the same time, it feels like it's very purposeful. You don't, it's a lot of parts moving at a high speed, but it's not like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. It really seems like there's, there's a lot of purpose on everything that you guys do. Well, I'm glad it looks like that from the outside. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder from the inside, but no, yeah, you're exactly right. I appreciate it. I feel like that's a, a big compliment. So thank you. Yeah. Now I was very, and, and I, a little bit of a, digression here but i remember thinking uh, using a number of equipment that i've seen other people use but i'm not sure i've seen other people use or or maybe it was just because of the time that i was there but during the, the time that i was there using equipment very often with a lot of purpose i mean you, the the kickle buoys pretty much every day in the water the uh, i think you i saw you do backstroke with uh, the donuts and wiffle ball and say every time i do backstroke i do that and 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 use video as well so it, it looked like again I, I wasn't there for very long but what i saw looked like a lot of purpose on, on everything and the kids seem to also get it and and get the, the dryland portions as well which i thought was pretty impressive you guys do pretty much all the warms i remember like uh, swim a little bit get out do a little bit of dryland get back mm-hmm. in and like your warms are short but always always include some sort of dryland that the kids seem to uh be be versed on as well yeah that's all they know <laughs> that's all they know so uh but yeah i you know i i think uh that's kind of the direction the sport's going a little bit is um you know growing up it was the 400 swim 400 kick 400 pull 400 swim 1630 minutes you know and and like let's let's remove that 30 minutes let's go 10 minutes on land let's do a 200 swim and get in and start getting better rather than spending our time warming up right like 
and you can warm up way quicker on land if you do it well than you can in the water. Right. Right. So, and it's pretty, you know, it's just, you see every group doing it. Right. And you know, when you have 14, 15 groups now going through the, the pool and 500 athletes here and everyone's doing it, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. From, from observing. That's a pretty cool thing. So. Yeah, it was, it, it really was. Um, all right. Kind of going back a little bit towards your path, you, you mentioned, some of the coaches that you worked with that served as mentors as well. I don't know if you have any other people that served as mentors. Yeah. Really. So uh, I have to continue my, my coaching tree as I think about it. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been so fortunate to work with, with this pocket of people, you know, there's like little pockets of people that, uh, you know, I hear around the country and um, I've been so fortunate to work with um, these coaches at Carmel and, specifically Chris Plum as a leader. And uh, I wouldn't be here if he wasn't the head coach and, and coaching here. He's, he's good and he's getting better. And he, he challenges you to, to grow and, and get better and, and our entire staff. And uh, he's, he's a rock star. And then uh, Ian Murray, uh, he's now at Dynamo. I mean, he's just as good. And, and talk about hard work. That guy can, he can work circles around people. <laughs> and uh i mean he's good he's just good you know you when you see somebody and they're good you know it and he's good um and then you know just these people out here rock king uh he was at carmel for a couple different times i don't know if you've come across rock but he's now down in alabama and if you want knowledge you need to give rock a call because he's he's got it um especially with parent education I think he's he's big on that, and uh, he's helped me many times. He's come up here, done talks. Um, he's really good with that. He was our uh, uh, sports development director for Indiana Swimming for uh, okay. a year or two uh, after he left Carmel, um, but he's good. And then uh, Brian Barnes. Uh, Brian Barnes came here and, and worked for a little bit. Brian was the uh, – he, he swam at IU. He was head coach at Notre Dame. For a while and then um uh, we brought him in here for a little over a year and, and that guy that guy's got some knowledge um he is he's good he's really good and i love talking swimming with him he's so fun to talk shop he's so fun to talk shop with and and his ideas i mean he's worked with david marsh uh you know and david's you know he's good i haven't run, come across him yet but i can't wait till i can pick his brain a little bit so those are the close people that I've spent a lot of time with that I've had a huge impact on, on my development of my coaching. Right. Um, yeah. And then I guess a little bit of external is, is it's always fun to talk to uh, Mike DeBoer at Lakeside. I mean, that guy's a, you know, he's a legend and he, he knows his stuff and uh, you know, just to have those, those people that close that you can, pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know, what do you think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of shout outs on my end of, out of all this. I mean, I obviously met Chris when I was there, uh, welcoming to the club and introduced me to everybody. Uh, Ian Murray, who's now a dynamo here. I actually had met Ian and I did a, a zone select camp with him and was really impressed too. when I, when I did that and uh, also visited Lakeside and yeah, Mike was, Mike DeBoer is great. Mike's awesome. Really great. And, uh, if you like talking to him over the phone, I think what everybody needs to do is uh, see him on deck with his kids. 
yeah. that day-to-day interaction with his kids. I think he, he connects with them at a, at a really good level. Yeah, and there's a piece of respect that, you know, he – and not even that he demands, he just gets. He just know? Exactly, yeah. And he it's, just gets uh, it, and, and, and it's from everyone. I mean, he's yeah. just – but I will say he's a very uh, genuine person. You know, yeah. like you, you see genuine people and, and you know it and he's very genuine. And, you know, the, the thing I love about Mike is ever since I've known him, he's not been afraid to talk to me and I'm a young nobody. Right. I'm not I'm not Chris Plum. And, and he's all he'll talk to me. You know, I, so I think he's you know, what I see with a lot of these coaches is they're, you know, it's their job. It's their role to start educating the younger coaches. So you have that next generation and. And all these people have done a great job at that, at least with me. And I know they do it with other people as well. So, Right. Yeah. I can definitely second that, at least from the people that I know that are on the list. Uh, so do you, besides using mentors, do you have any other, uh, I like asking for like books or articles or YouTube channels or what, what other uh, resources you use for, for learning about swimming. Uh, do you have anything you want to highlight? Yeah. So, um, well, I heard this question on the other podcast, and I really thought about that within our setting. And uh, we do quite, we do a lot of staff meetings, and our one of our staff meetings a week is educational staff meetings. So we discuss, um, and you know, whether it's technique, whether it's internal within our own team, whether it's external, how do we get better? I think that is is. In, in this sport and is just talking to people is how you're really coming up with a lot of uh, ideas and uh, learning. And uh, that's been awesome. We brought in a lot of speakers to talk to our staff and just within our own staff, rather than going out maybe, you know, to ask or whatever we talked, we, we, we brought them into our own team. So yeah, that's a big way I've, I've learned and gotten better. Um, and then just working with, with other awesome coaches. I'm, again, I'm so fortunate to work at a, a club where we have seven full-time coaches and they're good. You know, they're, they're educated. They know, they know their stuff. And, um, you know, that's, that's been a big value of mine. So recently I've, I'm learning that I, you can learn from reading books and I, you know, this is a way that Chris has challenged me is to like, dude, you need to start reading. Like you need to learn how to manage people better. So read a book and, and learn and take notes and then apply. And so um, I'm slowly working my way into that. And um, right now I, you know, as we, we have more time, uh, a great tool to use is a website called Corsica. And uh, you can take classes on that website. It's awesome. It's free. And they're legit classes. And uh, so I'm taking a class right now called the Manager's Toolkit. And uh, just basically the last uh, segment I went over is the interview and, and uh, how to interview people and, and, you know, what works and what doesn't. So, um, yeah, books. I. I don't mind reading. I have a hard time getting into books. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's not, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I said, I mean, it's not, not necessarily for everybody. I just like, I guess I, I like asking that question because I'm into books a lot. So like if people have recommendations, I definitely sure. want to hear them, but I know I've heard from many people that, and definitely books don't, don't hold 
they're not the only source of knowledge. Kind of like I said, I, I do think that talking to other people, you can learn a lot more. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, books like, you know, there are a couple of books that I've, I've gotten and I've gotten a lot of really good stuff from is just the swim coach's Bible. And I don't know if you've come across that. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. But I've read, I read through it and I bought the second one online and, and they're really good. Like re there's just some real, you know, not, I wouldn't follow every piece in there, but you can pick and choose the things that apply to you. And there, there's some really good stuff in there. And I mean, you should always listen to people that are smarter than you and that have done it. You know, they've, they've gone through it. They know. So I have, I have gone through that book quite a bit and picked out the pieces that I really like. Okay. And do you have a through your path here, especially as a coach, but maybe sometimes as a swimmer, if it applies to your coaching now, do you have a favorite failure story? And uh, the meaning behind that is a time where things really didn't go according to plan or you felt like uh, your plan fail or the execution fail, but you learn a very important lesson that set foundation for success. Yeah. I mean, fail all the time. Right. I think uh, often, uh, you know, failing with communication is, is uh, you know, I, I, the training piece and, and all that's there. I think sometimes it's just communication with people and, um, you know, I'm kind of buying time so I can think of a story, but I know it would kind of come through yeah. communication. And uh, I'm going to say, I'm trying to think of, of uh, a time where I didn't communicate well. Oh. Can we come back to that question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me, and, let me uh, think that through a little yeah. bit. And I, it doesn't have to be a, spe a specific story. And I like, I, I agree that so often a lot of the struggles we have as coaches comes from not communicating properly and not right. uh, essentially saying one thing and not understanding that it's being perceived as a different thing. Correct, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you can think of a story, uh, we, we can come back to that. But I, I mean, I kind of agree with the general sentiment that for sure. Uh, so what would you say was the best career decision you made up to this point? Yeah. Um, deciding to come to Carmel and, and, and also staying here. I, I, I was talking to, I think it was Chris or Tom, Tom Birchall, another coach on our staff. And I think I said, um, you know, I, I probably still don't realize how important or how, good of a career move it was to come here and, and what this has done for me education wise and uh, connections, having connections with people and um, just learning how to work hard. Like I said, when I first came here, I thought I worked hard and this really opened my, high, my eyes to what it means to, <laughs> to work at that level. And you hear of these, you know, football coaches and they're, or baseball coaches, you know, these top pro level coaches. And I mean, they're working their tails off. And I think at yeah. the highest level of, of athletics, uh, you know, coaches are doing that. And that's, that's, that's certainly what I see here. So I think, um, you know, that decision, you know, when I, when I first started coaching, I had no idea. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I know a little bit about swimming. I like kids. Right. So let's uh, try this out. And I just got, you get, got hooked. And uh, yeah, so coming here was um, a big part of that and, and being around, 
I didn't realize it at the time. I just took it. I was like, Oh, it's a full-time job. Sounds good. <laughs> right. And, and I didn't, I, I didn't realize what I was, what I was walking into. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I think we're often don't, don't really know the, the ramifications of our decisions, but it's good when you look back and one of those like, Oh yeah, that was, that went yeah. well. Yeah. And so I was just having a conversation with Chris yesterday. And, and so Chris has been here for 15 years and he's really, you know, helped this place become, you know, a top 10 club or top five club. And, uh, Chris, you know, I asked him, I was like, if you were, if you were to go back and, and you had the choice to go to Carmel Swim Club, not have, be the top guy, you're young, you know, work through and build it. Or if you had the choice to go to a club as, you know, like Carmel is now and have a mentor, what would you choose? And he, and he was like, man, I would, I would be in your position and have a mentor because they're going to make all the mistakes and you get to learn from them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he was, he was, he's like, I've made, all, I've made so many mistakes and we, you know, I've, I've learned not to do them. And so I can tell you not to do them. Right. So, yeah. so I think that was, uh, you know, a career decision. I didn't realize it. I was making it at the time. I kind of stumbled into it and I got super lucky. Um, but yeah, coming here was a big, big move for me, professionally, professionally, yeah. Okay, and uh, so you kind of hinted at this a little bit, but like if you could go, and you have, you have been coaching for like 10 years now, I guess, yep. in, in the yep. math, but so if you could go back to, to that just starting coach 10 years ago and, and give yourself some advice, what would you say? Yeah, I heard this question too, and I was like, what would I tell myself? Uh, you know, it, I think, um, work hard, I work hard, especially early. I, I think everyone has to kind of earn their, their stripes a bit. And I think, uh, and I, I was in this place where I'm like, well, I could just be a head coach. I, I have, there's other head coaches my age. Right. And I could do that five years ago. And I think, you know, just be patient and find a mentor and learn and find a place, you know, I, I think something that's really important and I've thought of a lot here too, is there's a piece of safety here where like you can make a mistake and it's okay. And you're going to learn from it. <clears throat> you're going to fix it and, and you're going to move on. And uh, there's a lot of places where you don't, you make a mistake and you can only make so many and yeah. you'll find somebody else that's not making those mistakes. Right. So, you know, I, I I'm fortunate to have a place where like you can, you can have some freedom. You can you know, Hey, if you mess up, it's, it's okay. Just don't mess up too bad, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, if I were to give myself advice is find a mentor, um, you know, and, and work hard, pay your dues and, and, you know, just enjoy it, love it. And you'll get there. Right. That's pretty good. And uh, so kind of switching gears a little bit going a little bit away from swimming more other kind of talking about other uh, interests if you if you had to give a presentation or teach a college class one of the two on a topic other than swimming uh, what would you think that would be yeah I uh character development um you know I, I think a big belief that that I have and um that we have here is uh better people make better athletes right or just overall being good people and having values and carrying yourself in a certain way. And, uh, 
I love the idea of that. And that's translated into my life too. Like, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I'm wearing a caramel shirt, I'm going to act a certain way. Right. Like it's important. And, uh, yeah. So I love the idea of character development and, um, doing it often. So yeah, that's what I would, I would, I would certainly teach that. Yeah. I liked it. And I, I guess from everything I see, and sometimes I, think I follow Chris on Twitter or some social media and he posts the stuff like you guys have on the, on the bottom of your work codes, like the, Oh yeah. Kind of the, the rule. I don't know if you would call them rules for your team or why you would call them, but you have some, this kind of like yeah. expectations, I guess. And uh, I remember when, uh, when I did that zone select camp with Ian, he kind of borrowed some of those and used as well. And, and it's, uh, I don't think there's a coach out there that wouldn't say character development is important, but I, for, again, from what I've seen, you guys really push that out there. And I, I think it's pretty cool. You, it's not something that you talk about every now and then you really make it a, a daily thing. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. You, sorry, go ahead. Well, I just, I'm, I'm laughing, you know, and because it says, you know, in a little bit, it's, it's pushed down. I don't want to say it's pushed down people's throats, but you hear something enough, you become that. Right. Yeah. Right. So what's at the bottom of our workouts, it's uh, instructions for being a member of our team. And, you know, those instructions are, they're not rules. They're instructions is we not meet, no excuses, no messengers and no sympathy groups. And it's kind of cool because I, I've caught many times, like someone's like, well, I can't, uh, my leg hurts, no excuses. Right. Or the idea of, you know, we're at a meet and a relay decision has to be made and we're making that decision for we, not for me. Right. So you say something enough and people believe it and it becomes part of what you do. Right. And, right. uh, yeah, I love that. That that's kind of cool. These are some things I take for granted that I see so often that I forget how important they are, actually are. Yeah. It's uh, I, I mean, I remember when I saw them and I love, I think my, my favorite one is no sympathy groups actually. No but, sympathy uh, groups. Yeah. yeah I, I love that one, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, again, like I said, it's, uh, some people wonder if sometimes they become cheesy from saying it so much. Oh, it is. It is. And, that, it is. and it's better. It becomes better. Right. <laughs> my best, my best, uh, Ian story. Ian is awesome. And, uh, if he ever listens to this, he'll probably, he'll probably laugh too. You have to laugh at it now, but my best Ian story, uh, the high school state meets really important here. Right. And, uh, the girls especially. And so at the time Ian was kind of the girls coach and, uh, they did the high school state meet and swam great. It was awesome. And they came back and, and we had to get back to work. And the girls were having a hard time getting back to work. And I think it was a Friday or Saturday and Ian was just fired up, fired up about their attitudes. And they, a couple of the girls <laughs> were, uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of talking under their breath. And he just screams, no, sympathy groups. It's like, <laughs> I was at the side of the pool and everyone's just laughing at him because he's so mad just yelling this. But it, it, the important part is like, he believed in it so much. It was so important to him. And you know, when you, like I said, when you believe in something and you say it over and over, it's like, that's what we do. It's not, that's not a sometimes or when I feel like it, that is, and he believed in it that much to, you know, so I laugh at the story now, but you look, back the lesson from that is like 
you believe it and that is what you are so right yeah and it's cool to have those i mean it's it's four kind of simple phrases and uh and so you don't have to make a lot of decisions those those phrases kind of guide a lot of your Correct. a lot of your behavior already on a day-to-day basis Correct. pretty cool uh, do you have any hobbies outside of swimming? Yeah, yeah. So um, I certainly love working out, and uh, that's a big part of my life. And, you know, just relieve stress and, um, you know, stay fit. You know, I, I think uh, that's, that's hard in the coaching world to stay fit, I, finding time. But I also think I've heard many times we're role models to kids, right? So how we act, how we dress, how we talk, how we walk what you eat, how you look like, you know, it's a really be a role model. I think you got to look and play and act the part too. So yeah, staying fit's really important to me. And that's definitely takes up a lot of my time unless I get a little lazy. And sometimes that happens too, but uh, this right now is great because I have so much free time <laughs> to work out. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I enjoy um, watching movies and uh i like to play some video games that's always a little bit of a hobby it's been since i was a kid and uh yeah you know swimming takes up a lot of your time so it's hard to and i don't have a family so i can put a little bit more of my time into uh swimming and you know in in a sense it, it you know this this uh club here and the people are are a bit of my family so um i think that's really that's where I put a lot of my energy into and my relationships with those people. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I always like asking some of these questions because I, I think for every swim coach, swimming takes a huge chunk of our time, but it's also nice to talk about like, yeah, no, but I, we do have other interests as well. And we do have do other things. Uh, and I, it's fine. I kind of laughing here of how just of this conversation, how, how, similar we are in a lot of ways because for me working out and staying fit is also kind of the same way and and really for the stress relief i'm one of those that like if i go three to four days without working out i oh, start acting awful. different yeah and it's yeah like, yeah and it's it's like i have to work out for everybody's benefit because i i will feel better oh, and, and yeah. behave better yeah exactly and yeah. exactly and it, it, here's the thing it's not like coaching is is a, a sit in a desk job i mean you're you're standing six to eight hours a day on the pool deck working your tail off, you know? Right. So, um, but I mean, that's sometimes that's working out for me is a, a place where you can get away from the job. I, I think something that's weird about swimming is it's so hard to walk away from it. Like right. you live it. Like you can't, yeah. like I, I can't go home and just not like you just live swim. Right. Like, yeah you know i've never had another job but i feel like some jobs you can go home and not be at the job you check out right you really like uh, punch in and punch out yeah so working out is a place where i for me i get to maybe because it hurts or it's hard or you're but you get to check out right right so but yeah i I, uh working out takes up a lot of my time you know i just enjoy it i enjoy it that's pretty good. And we kind of talked about right at the beginning, one of the things you miss is structure. So do you, on a regular basis, I'm guessing you do have kind of a routine in terms of like what your day structure kind of about the same every day. And uh, what would those be? Like at least say, do you have like a 30 minute day routine or a couple hours or 
what, what would be that? Yeah, best I have a very, I'm, I'm very routine. So, I mean, uh, if I were to run you through a day, you know, if I have morning practice, I'm there. Typically, I, after morning, I'd, I'd go to the office and we would have a staff meeting. So I just try to not waste that free time in there. And then a workout, then uh, probably back to the office for an hour just to kind of become a coach again, right? I think that it's really important that you have time in your day to become a coach, right? Like you have to prepare, you have to check your baggage at the door, you have to get ready to talk to athletes, right? And you have to get ready to work hard and write workouts and be prepared. So yeah, there's always, I always have an hour, hour and a half before I step on the pool deck where I'm becoming a coach and then coach practice and, and do it again the next day. So <laughs> that's a pretty typical day for me. And so yeah. now, right now, my biggest concern, like I was saying earlier, is I, I don't mind sleeping in. In fact, I would rather, if I probably had a choice, I would, I would rather just work later and, and stay, you know, I, I'm a little bit more of a night owl. So but I know I have to be able to get up in the morning and be a person. So uh, right now, a couple days a week, I'm getting up uh, normal time, 5, 5.45, somewhere in there. And um, I'm going to work out early, which oh. is hard for me to do. But I know that it will help me uh, when we do get back to a normal schedule. Yeah, I have that so. kind of like normal thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, for me, working out in the morning, is, it's hard. I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, I'm not body doesn't work really well before like one or two in the afternoon <laughs> yeah it, it's awful like this morning i was up early and i, I <laughs> just like moving slow and i'm like oh. <laughs> but I, I know i have to do it right because it, you know it, it will be so challenging to go back to morning workouts without and like think of that first morning workout the first one's fine but then the second one in the week and the third one in the week you're like oh my goodness oh, right? yeah <laughs> what have i done here yeah being prepared um and how do you um how do you go about writing workouts for for the groups you're, you're writing workouts for do you i guess two questions here one is how do you plan in terms of uh or i guess how do you plan and do you write workouts ahead of time people some people like writing monthly workouts or weekly or whatnot so how do you go about that and, and second question would be do you go notepad? Do you go spreadsheet? Do you go, do you have a template or something like that or software? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm going to start with your second question first. So, um, all of my workouts are written in Excel. Uh, we just have a workout template. I would say most of our coaches use, excuse me, the same, um, template. Um, and that's what you saw with the, you know, we have words on the bottom of the workout and on the top and, uh, but it looks good. And, and uh, you know, the, I think the cool thing, and, and we try really hard to do this, is just to be, um, you know, that idea of common language. And so with our workout, we all pretty much, at least with the kids that need a written workout, uh, do it that way on Excel. Um, and you can organize and keep track. And, you know, I think just having it on uh, Excel is just so, it's so easy or word or whatever, where you can document and keep track. And I can, I can, you know, for example, when, um, when we found out we were out of the water, I just sent my group 27 weeks of, of workouts. I'm like, you can do whatever you want. Here's 20, here's all the workouts I have. It's all, <laughs> you know, nothing's hitting, hidden. I'm, I'm very transparent. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of stuff in there. So as for planning, 
often I have an assistant coach with me. So um, when I have an assistant, I, I like to have them write workouts. I don't want to write all the workouts. You're going to coach something better if you write it than if I read it for you and have you coach it. So um, I, I, I plan out, I have a three week plan, pretty general. Hey, we're going to aerobic swim, uh, kick, you know, X, Y, Z each day. And then if with my assistant, for example, my assistant, Mike, I'll be like, Mike, you're going to write the first 30 minutes of warm up. I'll write the last hour. Or we just completely split and say, Mike, you have the girls. I have the boys, whatever that looks like. Um, so that way the assistant coach can also be prepared and knows what I'm looking for. Um, we, on the senior level, we have four coaches for our national group. And uh, Chris does it the same way, but he also, I mean, when you have four coaches and we're, daily we're writing four different workouts for the group from four different coaches. So uh, we, we try to do it a day in advance. We do, and we send it in so we can all look at it and we try to stay on, on track that way. And it works pretty well. And Chris uh, kind of oversees it. And then um, he'll kind of say, Hey, you know, like this is absolutely absurd. We're not doing this and you need to change your whole <laughs> workout or, or he'll say, uh, you know, awesome. Looks good. Uh, maybe adjust that interval. Like, let's go with it. Right. So for planning, that's, that's how we would do that. And then uh, daily, um, I, I try to write. So early in the week, I'm again, I'm very structured. So early, I have a very specific way I write my workouts, right? So um, I don't have a Monday morning. So I'll write Monday PM, Tuesday AM, Tuesday PM all on Monday. And then I'll, I'll do it again on Wednesday. So I kind of write the week like that. But okay. again, I I'm, I'm writing for senior and age group and often writing for multiple. So three workouts might have five separate workouts within it. So you kind of have to get ahead a little bit when you're writing that much. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's how we, that's how we would take care of that there. All right. Yeah. I remember one of the things you mentioned there when, when I was visiting again is uh, this kind of stance where like the, the assistant coaches are writing a lot of the workouts that they're running. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty interesting. It's not the case everywhere, but I thought it was pretty interesting there. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris, uh, in fact, I often think Chris writes less than most of us. I mean, and, and that's what that's what he likes. He, he, you know, he's like, I want to I want you guys to coach hard and and he'll often sit back and just often work with maybe some more people individually and just pull them or um, he'll assist a group. Um, but yeah, I, I that's a pretty I've never not that I've never but there's he he lets go a lot of the control and and uh he guides i don't think that's how he's always been but i think that's how he he likes to be now and and um you know just trusting our coaches and knowing they're gonna work hard and i think you're gonna get a lot more out of people when you trust them and you give them some freedom and again let them make some mistakes and and be like hey dude what'd you learn from that because that was that was bad right <laughs> that was, that bad, was bad, yeah. right that was a bad workout what are you gonna yeah. do next time better yeah. right and, and that's the way you learn rather than not letting people do anything. And, yeah. Right, so. and I also think that the, the perspective that it, it's hard to, to really do on a day-to-day -day basis, especially, I guess, pretty much every coach has a little bit of a uh, control freak inside of him or her. Certainly. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
But once you learn that like, okay, like what we're doing today, no matter what it is, is not as important as the kids respecting the coach and the coach feeling confident and the yep. kids being confident. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's a, it's a hard lesson to apply on a day to day basis, but really like I mean, today's set, whatever today's set is, doesn't matter that much. Right. I mean, on the grand scheme of things, grand scheme, yeah, doesn't matter as much as, as those other things. And if, if those other things, if today said being bad will, will lead to the kids respecting the coach and the coach feeling confident and the kids feeling confidence on the coaching staff, then I think that that's, that's a win. Yeah. And you know, that's, um, <clears throat> so we, 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 we kind of transitioned uh, a couple of years ago. We had a really strong, well-experienced staff. When you have, Ian Murray, TJ Day, Brian Barnes, Chris Plum. There's four rock star coaches all on the same staff. I, I mean, what do you what do you do with that? And yeah. respect is that is it's a given, right? Like kids are gonna, you know, they they have success. They're gonna respect that. And and now we transitioned into a bit of a younger staff. And so I guess to circle back around, that's where character development comes in big time, right? And and if you're teaching your athletes you know, that's, that's what we do here. It doesn't matter who the coach is, right? You don't treat them that way. And, and also, you know, what I've, I've had to had conversations with is um, I want feedback, but there's a way to give feedback. You don't bitch, <laughs> you don't bitch, you don't complain. You say, Hey coach, uh, you know, Hey, you know, that set, I think I would have got, been gotten a little bit more out of it if the interval was here rather than here. Right. So yeah. I think teaching kids how to give feedback because a common way to, to, that, that people talk is, is they complain. Right. Right. And that's not respectful. And especially at a senior or a high school level, you, you have to, you have to be open. You have to give feedback. Athletes need, need to give feedback. Right. Right. Often that was hard, but like, if, if you really have a problem, like come talk to me, let's, let's, let's talk. Don't say it in front of your peers ask me after practice individually. And so that's worked fantastically with a few athletes that I know are a, a little bit of complainers, not, not complain, you know, they're just, they're venting or whatever, but right, yeah. let's have a conversation. So. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I liked it a lot. So you mentioned uh, how you work with your assistant coaches. Do you have any uh, say, or are you involved at all in hiring assistant coaches? Yeah. So I do all of the hiring of assistant coaches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's been a quite a, a learning curve for me because I've never hired somebody before. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody taught me how. They're like, "Hey, man, I guess you got to hire some people." So, uh, yeah, I've kind of just uh, gone with it, and I'm learning a bit more. Uh, you know, kind of what I'm looking for and the people that I'm looking for, and and honestly, sometimes you're just you need to fill a slot, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that's and it's hard to find coaches, but I've been so fortunate that we you know, we've, we've found some awesome people and, oh man, we have, we have, we're just so lucky. We're so lucky. And it's actually been easy for me, honestly, the hiring coaches and interviewing. Um, it's been fun, but it's been a challenge learning how to do it. Right. And there is some art and some, some tools you have to have to be good at the interview, you know, interviewing people and finding the right people. So, right, right. And do you, so I guess, because there, there has been a, a topic that has fascinated me. And especially, I guess I heard, it's funny because I heard the comment of like, it's hard to find coaches mm. uh, from pretty much from everybody I asked. So do you, 
how do you go about that? Do you announce? Do you go word of mouth? Do you ask around? Do you have like a preferred system to, to find people? Yeah, well, um, well, I'll tell you, I think a guideline is, is, is being patient. We've learned recently that we need to be patient. Like, like if, we can, if we can get by without immediately filling a role until we find the right person, we're going to do that. You know, and for example, last, uh, there was a time when, when we were, where uh, we were down a few coaches, they went on and took, like Ian went to Dynamo and, and TJ went to uh, Stars in Buffalo. They both took like fantastic jobs, but that also left us with a huge gap. And, uh, and, and we were like, Chris decided, you know, we're not going to hire anybody until the spring. And Chris was in there coaching the 11-12s, coaching senior. Right. Like we just made it work and it was important that we were, we were going to wait to find the right coach rather than, you know, just filling a, a spot because that never ends well. Right. Sometimes you get lucky, but you know, being patient and finding the right coach, very, very important. That fits your program because you don't, you, coaching swimming is not for everybody, but also coaching at your club, whatever that is, isn't for everybody. So. Right. I think that that is a, that is a really important part that people sometimes don't take into account that uh, you obviously, when you're hiring a coach, especially if you're hiring somebody with experience, you want them yeah. to bring that experience to your club, but sometimes you don't want it to be baggage. Right. You want, it, you want them to understand, okay, you're, you're assimilating to this club now. Right. And, and I said this at the beginning, we're, we're a treadmill set on high. And if you're not ready to be running at high, you're probably not ready to, to work here. Right. And, you're not slowing us down. You're not going to slow us down, right? <laughs> we're going to work at our speed and, and we're going to keep pushing that treadmill forward. And um, so, you know, we, and we've come across that where we've, we've, you know, we thought some people were ready for this place and they just weren't, they weren't ready to work at that pace, you know, and, right. and it's, uh, that's just what we do here. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the other thing, um, you know, about the interview you asked about um, how do we look for people and uh yeah, there's always the ads on Swim Swam and uh, Alaska, and we do that. Uh, I, I've I've had very little luck with that. Most of it's by word of mouth. I'll call, we'll call and, and ask, like, hey, who's the right coach to hire, right? So we found uh, recently a few of our, our younger coaches that way. And, uh, and word of mouth and just knowing people, um, it's really huge. Um, but, I mean, I, I feel like – we have a lot of connections here with all of our full-time or our staff that um, that helps when we're looking for coaches. Right. I'm guess Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier when you have that, that many connections to, mm -hmm. to get started. I would guess when you go word of mouth, I guess this is also curiosity. My guess is that when people have a good coach that's working for them, they are not very, open to say, oh yeah, I have this assistant coach for me, but I don't have a full-time job and you do. So go ahead and take him. How, how does that work? Or have you had this, those kinds of interactions? Cause yeah. I understand if people are, again, being so hard to find good people, when you have somebody in your staff, you probably don't want to let them go very easily. Yeah. Well, I know um, having coaches here, for more than a year to like having that consistency is huge. Our staff is now getting to a place where like, okay, we've, we've been here a while. Like you, you get better, you get better, you get better. It's not even the amount of experience. It's just being in the same place. Right. Um, but at the same time, I feel like as a, a leader, like your job is to help your 
employees get that next job. And sometimes that next job isn't at your club, right? If somebody's ready for a head age group coaching position, I have the role, like, you know, I, I'm going to find them the job, right? I'm going to find them the right job that they can be successful. So, um, and, and Chris has, has told me, he's like, Hey, this job opened up. You probably should look at it, right? He's, this could be a good role for you. Like, and he's like, I don't want to lose you and I'll probably fight to keep you here. But if it's the right job and, and that role is not available here at Carmel, then you need to go after it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's our, that's our job as, as leaders is to, you, you don't want to hold people back. You want to help them, you know, move forward. So I, I'm, I'm big into that and you're right. It's hard. There's always going to be another coach though. It's hard to find them, but yeah. You know, you, the, again, that's part of your job too is is teaching a coach and, and getting them to a place that they can, you know, yeah, educating them. So, right. And so, once you let's say, okay, so you you did all the the hiring process and and brought somebody in. Do you have certain uh, I call? I mean, it's funny because people don't even don't even use the term onboarding a lot in, in swimming, mm-hmm. but do you have come kind, of, kind of onboarding practices to make sure that they assimilate into Carmel Swim Club as quickly as possible and as smoothly as possible? Specifically, no. And, um, but I do think what we have, which many clubs don't have is uh, we have one pool. We have 500 athletes out of that one pool. We all work right next to each other right? There's, there's six groups going on at the same time and we're all within yelling distance from each other. So I think a lot of the onboarding comes there, right? And, and then we have two staff meetings a week in office hours. So onboarding happens there. Now we've talked about like, Hey, we probably need to have some coaches follow around a full-time coach or, you know, for a couple days. But I really think like the onboarding is happening just by working with people you know we clubs that have five sites how do you that's a that's a nightmare yeah that's a lot right of, a lot like harder, yes. and and so that is that is our strongest piece that we have is we're all working on the same pool deck yeah and uh if you had this is a pie in the sky kind of question if you had unlimited money to spend on professional development for the staff how would you spend it i you know i really like bringing people in to work with us because I think you can always as peers, as workers, or, you know, people working together, you can always teach each other. But when you have somebody external coming in and working with your, your team, with your team of, of coaches, not athletes, uh, it's good. Right. So um, I would maybe hire somebody to work on, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, be that person to work on the team. I don't know, you know, like, so if, you know, unlimited money, you just, I'd bring in, I'd bring in, uh, I don't know, somebody just to work with us and, and help us work together better and help us develop professionally better. Um, you know, whatever that looks like, I think that would be uh, really awesome. So maybe even like another person that's not uh, a coach, uh, yeah. All right. And I guess when I'm asking this question now, the next question would be like, have you made any changes to your training recently? And, and recently training is, is all up in the air for everybody. 
but let's say before this, while you guys were, were while you guys were still in the water, have you can you think of anything that you any changes that you made kind of recently or any new equipment that you that you used? Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I'm sure you you when you visited you you saw we're we're fairly low volume uh, club. In fact, I think our the most volume our seniors do is maybe like. 50,000 a week. We don't really keep track of it. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's absolutely the most. And uh, so I think uh, we are, we are transitioning a little bit more into not like higher volume, just like something a little bit more. I, I think we sometimes what I've seen at Carmel is we, we go to the extremes. Like you said, we do so much dry land in this on deck stuff. Five years ago, we were doing even more of it, and it was taking up even more of our swimming time. So I think we're pulling back from that side just a little bit, and we're we're trying to swim a little bit more because there is something to doing some longer swims and, and swimming a bit more volume. Uh, especially we we have some some boys that are swimming a little bit longer events, and they need a little bit more of that. So right. um, you know we've had some pretty darn good sprinters. Uh, in the past few years so they just they didn't need that high volume so I would say just in general this past year season we've uh, we've swum a little bit more not a ton not actual time we've just taken away from maybe some of the skill in the pool or on deck stuff and we've moved it more into uh, longer swims okay all right. That's, that's pretty interesting. I've, uh, there's always a pendulum going back and forth. Correct. There. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. we go to the way extremes. Like, <laughs> no, we're, we're just trying to get, find the, the medium, the happy medium for that. And, and the kids we have right now, it all depends on, on who you have. Like yeah. I said, we've got some kids that can, they can handle some training. They can work hard. And uh, so we're, we're giving them what they, they want and what, you know, they like it. Yeah. They want it. Yeah, so. it's funny because I, I think that's one, one piece of that puzzle that people sometimes don't, don't give it enough credit, which is what kind of kids you have. Because I've definitely had kids that, you know what, you just throw more and more distance at them and they love it and they get better. And, and if you did it with sprinting, it wouldn't work. And then you obviously have the kids that if you throw a ton of volume on them, they break down and can't handle it. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, we've got, we've got some hard workers right now that, uh, you know, sometimes you find out it's hard to challenge them enough. You throw, you, you throw like days of work at them and you're like, they're like, I'm not tired. <laughs> like, right, we're doing more. Right. So, right, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's fun too. And, and, and kids that like it, they like it. Right. They literally say, I like it. It's fun to work hard. Right. So when you get that, that, you know, that's kind of like the, our boys right now on our, our team are kind of in that place. So, it's so fun to, to have that, like, all right, let's work hard, guys. That sounds good to me, right? So That's cool. All right. So this is kind of a little bit of a changing gear here, uh, but one of the things that I like to talk to coaches when I'm, as I'm doing this is I spend a lot of time talking about all the, all the positives of the, of the profession and positives of being a swim coach, but I also think that it's important to talk about the challenges, and, and that's again, making it very clear that everybody I'm interviewing and myself, clearly we're all in love with the profession of coaching. But I don't think, and I, I've actually seen recently some coaching discussion groups 
people talking a little bit more about the challenges. And I think that that's a conversation that is important for us to have to address it as well and to make things better. And so there's, I guess you kind of mentioned like we're, on one end, we're, we're so passionate about it that we can't turn off from swim coaching. On the other end, sometimes that causes us to be, again, you swim coach 24 seven and you, you really don't find other avenues and that can be a trap. I guess you and I are both kind of in the same boat in terms of not having a family, but I can totally see for people having a family or trying to have a family sometimes is a challenge. And, and there's also the challenge of the pay of the profession, which is, it's, I mean, let's be honest here, is often not very good. So I don't know if you want to comment on, on some of those and expand on those and mostly also talk about what are the things you think can be done to mitigate some of those issues so that we can keep more good people in the profession. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, this is always tough and we talk about this a lot and I've seen a lot of great coaches, uh, you know, just uh, lead the sport. Right. right. And because it's like you said, it's, uh, you know, time consuming, you don't get paid a lot, uh, you know, whatever. Right. And um, so I think a lot of people, you know, and I hear over and over, it's not about the money. Right. But it is right. You want to you want to live a life and want to. Well, yeah, I think that, that comment is like. Yeah, we're not talking about every coach being able to afford a third house and buying sure. a boat. Yeah. Right. We're talking about it's still being a profession. Right. And, and so, you know, like I said, um, when I first got into the sport, I was, I just volunteered. Right. Right. And, and I didn't, you know, I was out of college. I graduated college. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a full-time job. I was making like, I don't know, $16,000 a year as a high school assistant and a part-time coach. And I was also uh, working at a golf course and uh, working at a CrossFit gym. So I was doing like four jobs and, just to make it by. So when I, I, I think about those times, I'm like, and I heard this on uh, Chuck's podcast, like you can, you can entry level position at most jobs and you're making, you know, pretty decent money. So yeah, I think that is a, a big challenge um, in this sport. And then you look at pool rent. And, and so, you know, you've got a lot of money uh, put down, before you can pay your coaches. So yeah, I don't have the, the answer there. I do know that um, I think a big part, a big piece that could help is fundraising. And I know most clubs are doing that. That could really help with, with keeping coaches. Like you want to keep coaches, you got to pay them and you got to continue to pay them more and challenging them. So yeah, the pay thing, um, I'm not, me personally, I, like I said, I don't have a family. I, I'm not that concerned about being paid loads and loads of money. Uh, but it is nice to be compensated for the time you're putting in. Right. Um, yeah, the pay thing. I don't have a good solution, though. I really don't. I, I um, you know, I, I think there are ways that we can. I don't know if this is appropriate, but like private lessons. You know, I know a lot of coaches are doing that, and. Um, I mean, you can make some decent money that'll supplement maybe not making loads of money as a full-time coach or whatever. Um, but I mean, you don't want your, your, your staff to have a second job. You want them to coach, right? You right. want them to be all in and, and do it. So that's a really tough one. And I've heard many coaches, you know, I was talking to uh, the coaches from Chicago Wolfpack 
And they're like, yeah, our wives make loads of money. So we just get to coach and it's awesome. Right. Like that was, but that was, but they're great. You know, they're great coaches. And that was how they coach. My right. wives make lots of money so I can do what I love to do. Right. Yeah, I've heard a lot of coaches say that the, the number one, the best career move is to marry rich. Right. But <laughs> it's like, why do you, I mean, these, these guys are, are, you know, I, I would like to believe we're all real freaking good coaches and we're working yeah. hard. Right. So right. To not get paid for that, I, and it's not like you're not being paid for it, but you're not making like a. Yeah, I, I, I think I mean, with some exceptions, is is really we're talking about just just proper compensation. You're doing you're doing a job that is demanding, that that is requires long hours, and for a lot of time, I think Chuck put that well. For the most part, we're doing it pretty damn well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and certainly. so it's just saying, how do we, how do we find ways to, to have proper compensation for that? Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously I think as we're having this conversation now in early April, I think this might be more of a challenge once this all goes. Oh back. my goodness. Yeah. Actually, I think everybody's going to be struggling, but um, yeah, I've also heard people say, it. I think before we were, uh, and I understand where the push came from in terms of keeping swimming affordable, but I think I really wonder sometimes if we, we talked about it so much that the, the downside of that is that it became, we, we kept it affordable for a lot of families, but we didn't, we didn't keep it feasible for, for professional coaches to be in the sport. Uh, but again, also, like I said, right now, I think we're going to have even more challenges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for, uh, you know, a lot of clubs and, you know, we're even in a place right now where we're going to do whatever we can to keep our, our coaches because like I said, they're, they're the most important part of our club. If we don't have coaches, we don't have, we don't have a club. So, you know, we might have to take a bit of a hit. Um, whatever that looks like. I don't know yet. Um, a lot of that will have to do with our membership and what, what comes back. You know, I think the overall, what people are thinking is like 25% drop in membership across the USA swimming, you know, just, in general. So yeah. um, that's going to hit certain clubs harder than, than others, right? Like clubs that are, you know, maybe not as, uh, you know, they're just a little bit more community based rather than high performing based, high performance based. Right. So um, yeah, and we're going to lose a lot of really good coaches because of this too. Right. That's yeah. what I, that's what I see, but um, that's a little bit, out of our control at the moment. Right. Um, so yeah, as for compensation, I, you know, I, again, coming from us, we're, we're in a really great place where our pool rents very little and we have a very well off community. So we get to, uh, our coaches are, I think in a, a better place than most, right. Just right. to be able to have seven full-time coaches and a full-time business manager is huge. Uh, most people don't have that. So um, now not everybody's in that place. Right. Right. Uh, now you were talking a little bit about um, just overall wellness and uh, that's been a big, big topic. And especially in the little circle of coaches that I've uh, I've been uh, around and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's also um, the biggest challenges of this job, just the stress of it. And, and, you know, I think we want to be so good. We want to be such good coaches and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy and effort. And 
emotions to do that right and right. and that drains you and i mean you can do it for a short time but doing that for 30 years like 50 years whatever that looks like and it's different for everybody uh yeah that can crush you that can crush you right right yeah so uh the one of the best advices i've gotten and again this is a ian piece ian Oh, he talks about there's always there's a time to surge and then there's a time to pull back, right? There's you know when when it's go time and it's you're in championship season, you know you need to be all in. You're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit of of your I think your social and your you know the other parts of your lives. Uh, but then you know spring break and and you know there's times where like dude take it take some time off, visit, travel, vacation. We have other coaches that can that can cover, right? Like, so you have to. And, and right now is a time like, guys, we never get this. Take some time. Yeah. You know, like it's okay to to not work every single day, because you know when you come back, you're gonna work hard and you're gonna be excited. Right. Right. Yeah. So you have to surge and then you have to pull back and you have to surge and you have to pull back. And I think managing that, like knowing what your limit is and managing that, is really really important. And again, it's different for everybody. Right. Just because, and I've, I've, I've fought with this myself is like, I'm going hard. I'm going hard. And I see coaches around me not going as hard as me. And I'm like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. But it's, it's because not everybody's me. Right. And I don't have a family and they do have families. And so for me personally, I have to uh, keep that in mind when I'm, you know, working with other people and around other people. So, so that, that piece of advice for me has been really, really important. And I, I think it's helped me a lot. Um, just knowing when to really be all in and put in the hours and then when to pull back and, and like take that deep breath and, and take that time away. Right. Yeah, that is pretty good. I think that's definitely something that most coaches don't know how to do, how, how to, how to pull back at times and, and kind of uh, recharge their batteries. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's, it is hard. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, tell me about again somebody that kind of try to take some extended time off and coming back before but but yeah I mean it's I guess that is pretty good advice know when to pull back uh, all right so uh, I only have a couple more questions here and uh, the next one is if you could pick up to three skills or qualities and swimming related or not swimming related they would have all the athletes that go to your program to have by the time they're done, what would those be? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm in our office right now, and we have uh, these words. And they're on the wall of our pool. And I, I, this, again, goes with the character development piece. And we have uh, determination, accountability, hard work, passion, unity, respect, courage, perseverance, gratitude, integrity. Um, our values of our club are courage, perseverance, team. So I know those play a big part in what we do, and those are very important for us. Um, me personally, hard work is is my one of my core values. Um, so, I if I had to put everything together, and I if I were looking for three qualities from from athletes or people I surround myself with in life, uh, it it would it would have to be uh, hard work certainly. Perseverance is is uh, definitely something that, uh, you know, the sport you go through and we're going through it right now and you go through it when you lose a coach and you go through it when you lose your pool. Right. And you, right. you know, so 
uh, that's up there. And then, um, yeah, I'm looking at these words and I'm, I'm thinking about this and thinking about what's important to me. And, uh, you know, I think the last one for that is just the passion, the passion for the sport, right? And it, you know, just being passionate and loving it and loving what you accomplish and loving what your team accomplishes. Yeah, passion's such a fun and energetic, uh, you know, just uh, when you are that, it's such, people are attracted to that, right? right yeah. So, uh, and if I had a fourth, I would say uh, <laughs> just always wanting to get better, always wanting to get better, always improving, right? Like, like not, never settling. And I, I, I hear, again, this is something that you, you tell somebody enough, I think they become it. I, I heard this from a couple kids. I had a meeting, a team meeting, uh, right before we all got shut down and talking to one of the younger boys and he's like 13 and said, you know, I was like, okay, if, you know, if you go to the meet or, you know, it's okay to be happy with how you swim. And he goes, no, <laughs> and he's like, Are you in front of the team. And he's like, he's like, no, I always want to be better. You told me that since I was 10. I should always want to be better. I'm like, okay, you're right. But like, it's okay to, so it, it's like now these words are biting me in the butt, right? Like, yeah, you're exactly right. I've been telling you this, never be happy. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I love that because they're just hungry for more, right? I also think that's a little bit of obsessive and you, you can go down a, a dark road with that, but that is a cool trait to have. And, um, you know, I think that's pretty much most coaches, like you have that championship meet, like, yeah, we swam well, but yeah, we could have been better, right? Like, yeah. so my words would be uh, hard work, perseverance, passion, and then that, just that idea of always wanting to be better, be just better. continuing to, to get better. All right, it's pretty cool. So this is effectively the last question that I ask, and that is pretty open-ended too, which is, even after hearing this conversation with you for like over an hour here, what is the most important thing people should know about you? Oh man. <clears throat> what is the most important thing people should know about me? You know, if I, if it were, I guess it depends what audience uh, I have. If it were uh, other coaches, it would say that, um, you know, I hope people know this, but I, I want this sport to be awesome and I want this sport to grow and I'm, excited and i hope that someday i get to be a leader in this sport and uh i get to again just use my knowledge and and what i know to better this sport uh if it were parents um and i've i've worked on this really really hard recently in the past couple of years is that you know just talk to me just come talk to me and like let's not let's not if there's an issue like let's just talk let's talk we're gonna get you know, so my go-to is a phone call. If I, if I, I get a bad email and it's, I'm going to just call them. <laughs> right. I, you know, like let's, I'd rather talk to you in person than talk to you over a, an email. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to get so much more out of somebody here than, than you would in text. So, um, and then as an athlete, if it, it, what I would like an athlete to know, um, is that, um, and I think, most athletes that know me know this, but this is important and it matters and it, you know, it matters because we make it matter. And, and uh, you know, it, 
whether it's the the community, the high school, the team, the parents, like it's important. And I think people value that, you know, when you feel important, you, you, you are a part of something, right? So I, I, and again, I think most athletes know that here, we talk about it often, right? I think that's a piece of our, our character development. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I got there. That's pretty cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for taking the time. This was pretty good. I'm sure people are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, the time that I had up there. I, again, just a couple of days, but I learned a lot and you guys are really welcoming. And I don't know if you have any closing thoughts or if you want to, in case people want to get in touch with you, an email or something like that. Certainly, yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. And uh, keep doing this. This is awesome. We should have more of this. And I know there's a lot out there, but I think um, it's really cool, man. And uh, keep, I, I would encourage you to just keep, keep reaching out to people and say, hey, can I interview you? Because you get to <laughs> learn a lot about people when they, when they talk, right? And uh, everyone loves to hear themselves talk, so. <laughs> have that. Um, but yeah, so if you would like to uh, reach out to me, my email is cpfaff at carmelsonclub.org. And then uh, my number is uh, 574-849-4636. Happy to, happy to talk. All right. Again, Chris, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. Appreciate it. That was it for another episode of the Swim Coaching Transit Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. And if you made it to the end, I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy this, please take a few seconds to give this podcast five stars or a positive review on whatever podcast player you use. And if you like to hear more shows like this, go ahead and subscribe. Once again, I'd like to thank Chris for taking the time for this long interview. As I already mentioned, they were extremely busy when I visited them last year, but I knew there was a ton of knowledge to go around for him, so I was happy to make up for that with this long-distance chat. Remember to check out the show notes on my blog, swimcoachintransit.com. That's swimcoachintransit, all spelled out together in lowercase with no dashes or special characters. There, you can always find links to books, websites, and all other resources we talked about, as well as notes on the club visits I did while traveling in the fall of 2019, including my visit to Carmel, which taught me a lot. And thanks as always to my good friend Madhu for the soundtrack to this podcast. You can also find his Instagram info on the show notes. And also thanks to Zapslat for the sound effects. And that's it. Thanks again, and I hope you catch the next one.